It's time to handle your business with Sis Start Your Business, a podcast teaching you how to start your business, how to handle your business, all with God's guidance. This episode is an episode that everyone needs to listen to. The number one question I get asked is, Nicole, what do you think about my business name? Or, Nicole, if you don't like my business name, what should I change it to? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a professional. There are professionals out there who can help you with this. And the person I'm going to speak to today is the author of Hello, My Name is Awesome. And this is the book that I recommend to everyone who asks me these questions. And here's a little behind the scenes story about this. So after the podcast, I really started to think about my business name, my old business name now. My old business name was Brand New Beauty. And a lot of people thought I was either a makeup artist or they thought I only helped people in the beauty industry when it came to rebranding their business with logos, websites, all that great stuff there. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that needs to change. So after listening to this podcast, I reread her book again. I really started to think about a new business name and I came up with one. The new business name I came up with, except for Brand New Beauty, was Brandify, where my team and I are here to help business owners identify their brand, their business brand, Brandify. And I also changed my website too after listening to this podcast. Instead of brandnewbeauty.co, I changed it to imbrandify.com. So I want to introduce to you guys Alexandra Watkins. She is the author of this book and the owner of Eat My Words. And guys, listen to this. She has helped Adobe, Amazon, Cheetos, Colgate, Disney, Google, all these great brand names that we've all heard of. Okay, are you guys ready to bring her in? Because I know I am. Alexandra, let's start by having you tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So I run a naming firm called Eat My Words, and we specialize in creating names for products and companies that make people smile instead of scratch their head. I've been doing this for about 15 years, and I live in San Diego in my Barbie dream house. Oh, that is nice. <laughs> that is super, super nice. And I want to um, talk a little bit more about two things. First, eat my words, right? And then um, about your book, actually, too, um, that we were just kind of chatting about before we started this podcast here. And even before we get into that, one thing that I want you guys who are listening to this to know is that you've helped people like Disney, Microsoft, Adobe, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, we work with, like right now, we're working with Colgate, Twitter, Treetop. Yeah, we work with big brands. That is awesome. And that's super, That's that to me is exciting. That's like actually my goal one day. <laughs> Let's talk about your book, um, Hello, My Name is Awesome. And I remember that name so much because I'm referring it to everyone almost every single day on Amazon or on Audible if they're too busy to read it on their Kindle or buy the book. Um, can you tell us a little bit more of what made you decide to write this book? Sure. Well, what made me decide to write it is a lot of people that come that need a name for a business can't afford to hire a firm like mine. And I hated, I, it was bad. Like I didn't like turning people away because people that need help, you know, I want to help, uh, especially people that are entrepreneurial, maybe starting, you know, their first business. So I, uh, I didn't really want to write a book. Actually, <laughs> my pub, I was approached by a publisher and I wanted to help. But he, uh, the publisher convinced me that I could write a book and I should write a book. And I did. And that was five years ago, that, that a little over five years ago, the first edition of Hello, My Name is Awesome launched. And it did really well. And I, it was so exciting to see that it did help a lot of people. So I just updated it. I spent about a year writing the new edition. And that just came out in October. I hear the feedback all the time after they're reading your book. And I, I feel like, wow, this book's amazing. What you're doing, amazing. You know how sometimes when we do things, we don't really recognize the impact that we're doing or that we're giving to people. 
Oh yeah, no, I I'm fully aware because of all the all the people that email me and all the reviews on Amazon, and it feels great. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I'm just excited to have you here. Because even with my business, your books has helped me out. Just by even if it's not a business name, just figuring out a podcast name or anything like that, it can help out so much. Yeah, and it's a good feeling. Yeah, so I don't want to get I want to get into the book a lot but not too much because I want people who are listening to this podcast and who's having trouble figuring out their business name to purchase your book because I feel like everyone needs to purchase your book but one thing I do want to talk about is like you were saying before the five qualities of a super sticky name with smile and then also the seven deadly sins if you can kind of give us a little teaser about those Sure. So my, so I have something called the smile and scratch test and it's a 12 point name evaluation test that is based on my philosophy and aims to make you smile instead of scratch your head. And smile is an acronym for, like you said, the five qualities of a super sticky name and then scratch are the seven deadly sins when to scratch it off the list because it makes you scratch your head. So smile, the S stands for suggestive. You want your name to suggest something about what your brand is or does. Do not make people guess. You got to give them a hint. Uh, the M stands for memorable. Of course, we all want our names to be memorable. And like you said, you remember my book title name. Mm-hmm. So what makes a name memorable? Well, I can tell you if it's clever and if it's based in the familiar. So, for instance, uh, the children's uh, educational toy company, LeapFrog, we, when we hear leapfrog, we can all picture leapfrog in our head because we know it from the childhood game. And we can picture our children leaping ahead. So that's a name that's clever and it's based in the familiar. Got it. So yes. that that's where, you know, it's taking a name and kind of putting a twist on it. And those, like, we named a GPS for dogs, Retriever. Oh, I like that. So it's that. taking a name, right? Like we all know what a retriever is. And then, like, oh... I get it. It's a GPS. Mm-hmm. So that's what the M stands for. And the I stands for imagery. You want your name to be something that people can picture in their head when they hear it. People are much, people can remember pictures much more easily than they remember, or images much more easily than they remember random words or letters. Mm-hmm. So that really helps. And then the L stands for legs and Leg simply means that your name lends itself to a theme. For instance, at Eat My Words, we our blog is called The Kitchen Sink, and we have a package called The Whole Enchilada, and we have another one called Signature Dish and Supermarket Special. So think of what theme does your brand lend itself to, and you can play that out. And then finally, the E in Smile stands for Emotional Connection, and it's really important that your name resonates with your consumer, especially when they're have they're looking at that wall of beauty products, and they have or they're at the beauty counter, or they're in you know Sephora or you know one of the big stores, and they they're overwhelmed. You want your name to make that strong emotional connection. I love it. I love it. And then I know a lot of people listening to this, when they hear the seven deadly sins, they're going to be like, oh man, I'm doing that. Because I know when I was reading your book, I was like, oh. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit more about the seven seven deadly sins too? Sure. So Scratch, the S stands for spelling challenge. If your name looks like a typo, scratch it off the list. It's really troublesome. And what I like to tell people is, when you're starting out with a blank slate and you're naming your company or your products, why would you want to give yourself any disadvantages? And think about your own personal name. Is your own personal name hard for people to spell? If so, why would you want your brand name to be the same way? So kind of keep that in mind. You know, anytime you're like, if you live, live on a street that's difficult to spell and you always have to spell it out when you're giving out your address, just keep that in mind and think like, oh, do I want to do that with my brand name too? You don't. So the C, the first C in Scratch stands for copycat. And that's where your uh, your name sounds a lot like a competitor's name. And you don't want to do that. It shows that you're not original. And you also open yourself up to trademark infringement. So when you are coming up with a name before you 
introduce it to the world, you want to make sure that you get uh, trade your trademark screening done and that you apply for and secure the trademark. It's really important to do. You will protect your brand and prevent other people from copying you. Uh, next, the R in Scratch stands for restrictive, and that's where your name limits future growth. Uh, a perfect example is Fast Signs. They're, we all know Fast Signs, the national chain. Yeah. Their tagline now is more than fast, more than signs. So obviously they outgrew their name. Yeah. Or Canadian Tire in Canada, they sell, they sell way more than tires. They sell toys and trampolines and uh, tools and teddy bears and tropical plants and all this stuff. And it's kind of like a Sears meets Home Depot meets Target meets Walmart type of story, mm-hmm. I, I sort of heard. But they started out as Canadian Tire. They grew into something much bigger and they never changed their name. So you don't want a name that's restrictive. Uh, annoying is the, what the A stands for in Scratch, and that's where your name seems forced or it frustrates customers. I see a lot of that in the beauty industry. One one thing I see a lot of is putting the word ology on the end of a name. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't, you know, perfumology. <laughs> it's, just, it's two words, yeah. right? And we see it a lot. So stay away from those trends. And in my book, in the Scratch chapter under Annoying, there is a lot about those trends that people do, that, like using Vana, like Nirvana. People like really butcher that too, like pure Vana. They 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 just sound really forced. So mm-hmm. don't do that. That's annoying. The T and Scratch stands for tame, and that's where your name feels flat and descriptive and uninspired. And you can't afford to do that. You need to stand out. It's so important, especially in your industry. Um, the second C in Scratch stands for Curse of Knowledge, and that's where your name speaks only to insiders a lot. I see this mistake a lot where people use foreign languages. Like in San Francisco, there's a restaurant called SPQR. Like, what is that? <laughs> if, you, if you speak Latin, it stands for something like the Senate and the Roman people. Like, if you yeah. study Latin, you know that. But, like, what does that even mean? And also, the Senate and the Roman people doesn't translate to the acronym SPQR. So, it's confusing. It means something to the owners of the restaurant. It's completely meaningless to, you know, 99.99% of the population. And it's impossible to remember. Yeah. So, you know... How are you going to ask Siri to find that restaurant <laughs> on Fillmore Street if you can't even remember the letters? Yeah. And finally, uh, speaking of Siri, the H in Scratch, the final letter, is really important and hard to pronounce. You don't want a name that confuses and distances your customers. You've got to give your name the Siri test. And when you ask her, <laughs> ask her, uh, she's got to know what you're talking about. And I remember one time there was this new... I think it was like a, a catering, like it's food delivery, and it was called Chews, C-H-E-W-E-S, and I didn't know if it was Chews or Chewy, and I said, uh, uh, Siri, can you find Chews, and she said, I found seven shoe stores near <laughs> you. <laughs> that is funny. So. One thing that a lot of my clients, especially in the beauty industry, what they like to do is say, browse by this. Um permanent makeup by and then their first and last name everything yeah, is that's in- not a good idea yeah can you explain a little bit more why you feel that's sure. not a good idea sure no one knows who you are and your name is completely meaningless and i know you're thinking of like bobby brown well that is i think an exception to the rule and she wasn't just bobby brown overnight like she had to really build her brand her brand and I was thinking she has she has something really unique unique in her name that she does have the alliteration of the double p bobby's a really fun word and also brown is great like brows right because a lot of people have brown brows yeah so for most people though like you know brows by layla no one knows who layla is and your name doesn't say anything about you. Layla, by the way, is a beautiful name. But, like, if your name is Gertrude. <laughs> Gertrude, sorry, any Gertrude's out there. Or, like, Lucinda. Like, difficult names, right? Yeah. Or, you know, uh, I'll give you an example. So, 
we had, had a client named Lynette Hoy, and her company was called Lynette Hoy PR, which is the same as Browse By, right? Like, yeah. it's just PR, that's what she does, Browse By, okay, we get it, you do Browse. But Lynette Hoy said nothing about her. You you don't know anything about her. But Lynette Hoy was really fiery woman. She was very passionate. She was, like, really just would just, like, get on the press, right? Like, like up and like you know really work hard for her clients so we she said I want to brand my company and I don't want it just to be my name so we branded her fire talker PR and her tagline when we first did her name was hot on the press and she calls herself the fire chief so she gave herself a clever title and this is what I mean by legs she calls uh, her office the firehouse so, yeah. And she has package names like controlled burn, right? So you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. This is legs. And so suddenly, so if it was browsed by Lynette, for instance, it doesn't say anything. But if it was browsed by in Fire Talker, it doesn't make any sense for browsed <laughs> by. But you could see how if it was Fire Talker browse or, you know, Firepower yeah. fire fire lashes or the la- mascara names are the best. I think those name marathon, right? They they're so good, yeah. and that's what I would look to. I would look to this the look to uh, drugstore brands, mm-hmm. the you know the Revlons, the Maybellines of the world. They come up with very clever names. Uh, the names, you know, obviously we all know OPI nail polish. And by the way, OPI is that's a name that people pronounce it Opie. Like yeah. the kid on on uh, the Andy Griffith show, dear Ron <laughs> Howard, who's now like probably in his sixties. But that's where another mistake people make is going with an acronym, and the people are pronouncing it as two ways. And you only want your name to be pronounced one way. You know, is it? It's O O P I. Uh, so that's like SAP S A P, the um, software company. People pronounce it SAP. Um, I think to be mean. No, no. <laughs> but there <I> are, <laughs> but like THX, like my girlfriend called it thanks because it's the, and of course they came out with the name THX long before the, the text abbreviation for thanks, but things like that do happen. So with your name for your company, move away from your personal name. And also if you ever want to sell your company and you mm-hmm. want to distance yourself from it, you don't want it. You don't your name associated with it. And here's a story, a warning for all of you. There's a, uh, the woman that invented chocolate dip strawberries is named Sherry. And she started a company named Sherry's Berries. And they exploded. She was a hustler. <laughs> and she worked really hard. And she was so clever. She sent her chocolate-covered strawberries to every celebrity with the name Barry, Halle Berry, Barry Bonds, <laughs> all of these people. She was so smart. She got on the cover of the in-flight magazine three times just by... By she would go to hotels, and when she checked in, she would bring she would bring her chocolate covered strawberries. Always got upgraded in hotels on flights. Just a really smart woman. She built this big company, and then she before like right when the internet was in its nascent phase, she kind of sold off that part of the business to someone not realizing how big the internet would be, and then she actually ended up getting voted out by her board and losing her company so what happened is other another company bought her company and sherry's berries quality went really down like they weren't really hand dipping them it was all machine dipped and they were like chopping off the tops of the strawberries and they weren't beautiful anymore and her name was still associated with the product Mm. and it horrified her so uh, we we helped her with her new company name, Buried in Chocolate, which is, you know, really cute with the berry yeah. name. And that's the name of her book. And that's why you have to really be careful with your personal name. You do not want it associated with your own name. And get over your ego because it's <laughs> all about ego. 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. And that makes a lot of sense, especially like you were saying, when it comes to selling your company, if people want to buy it, the one thing that they don't want to do is saying it's a little bit more personal, you're behind your brand, and people are kind of want to work with you. I know when I was trying to sell my company back in the day, that was one of the things because I was everywhere. So um, that's one thing to really look out for, like you were saying. Yeah, and I want to give you an example of when you can use your company name. So Bobby Brown, that's, you know, it, it was okay, but uh, there's a interior designer in Kansas City, and her name is Meredith Lemon, and she's just gorgeous. She does beautiful work, and she named, because her name is Meredith Lemon, she named the her interior design business Lemon House, which I love. Mm. It just sounds very classy, yeah. and... She's doing things like I had the idea to give away lemon drops, like when people walk into her studio to have a big glass bowl of those little like Halloween size boxes of lemon drop candy. And she's able to work with the name lemon and lemons are, you know, they're beautiful, like, you know, big, bold, yellow colors. And that's how she is just very stylish. So that's an example of when you can work with your name. There's a woman that I work with named Cindy Light, and she was a personal stylist. And she, her tagline we did was, um, like, not light up your life. Uh, something with light. I apologize. It was like 15 years ago. I can't remember. (laughs) But you can work with a name like Light, right? Yeah. So. If you have a last name or a first name that lends itself to some type of wordplay, go for it. So yeah. if your name was if your name was you know Judy Fox and you you could name your company Foxy Browse, like that would work you know that's true and you know that kind of reminds me of something when I used to work in when I was used I think I was like 18 19 I used to work as a personal banker in a bank and there was someone who got hired just because of his his name because his name was Johnny Nino and it was like Johnny Nino that's such a good name like I feel like that would be something to where you can place somewhere on a business I don't know I may be wrong but that's something that reminded me of a personal name that sounds pretty cool yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, oh, and here's a fun story. Uh, the um, the um, the there used to be this. There used to be a, a back in Sex in the City was really popular. There were these little uh, four packs of mixed. Cosmos that you could buy, and they were really popular. You buy them at, you know, everywhere from, you know, Safeway to Costco. And gr- girlfriends were having parties and put, you know, in these little cocktails in a bottle, and they were called Cocktails by Jen. And there was no Jen. And the press would always call and want to interview Jen, but there was no Jen, and I always joked that Jen was in re- rehab, and that's why they couldn't interview her. So you want, so you want to be careful, because there is no Johnny Rocket, right? There mm-hmm. is, I don't think, there's no Tommy Bahama either. Those are made-up names. So if you're going to make up a name, you got to be careful with that too and be really transparent that there is no, there is no Betty Crocker. That so, is crazy. Um, I didn't know that And one. now with the internet, you know, people people can find that stuff out. And Cocktails by Jen was actually started by two guys. Uh-huh. So... You don't, you know, you have to be careful with the internet. You, you have to be super transparent because you will be eviscerated if you're not. Yeah, I agree. And I'm um, sorry, I'm going to clear my throat really quick. So I'm getting over um, sickness. <clears throat> sorry about that. But um, I didn't even know that. I didn't know any of those things. That's something that you just brought to my attention, especially with two guys. <laughs> but they probably did that because they wanted more. Their target market was females or women. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. But but it was called Cocktails by Jen, but when you open the package, there was this, like, little fold-out brochure, super cute, and it's like, hi, I'm Jen, and my girlfriend and I, and it was fake. There was no wow. Jen, and that was super disingenuous. That was what was wrong with it, is it was a lie. Yeah. But there's no, like, when you go in Johnny Rockets, there's not some picture of a guy, like, I'm Johnny Rocket. Yeah, there so isn't. that's what I... That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like, we work with this 
company, this restaurant in Canada, and they were called Joey's, and it started out as a hamburger, like a hamburger shop, and it grew and transformed into this super classy, high-end restaurant, and they were being uh, challenged for trademark infringement on the name Joey's, and they totally outgrew their name. Joey's is not place where you want to go for a high-end meal Mm -hmm. so they they i worked with a brand strategist and flew up to vancouver and did this whole thing on changing their name and i their signature drink was bellinis people would order them by the pitcher and i said they should change their name to joey bellinis because you know that's not a real name and that's okay Just like Tommy Bahama, you kind of know that's not a real name. No one has a last name Bahama. No one has a last name Bellini, right? So Joey Bellini's, I thought it sounded really fun. It made it way more classy. It kept the name Joey. It made it still friendly and approachable, but still had that classiness to it. And people knew when they would hear Joey Bellini's, they would know like, oh, that's Joey. Yes, because it didn't lose the care. And you know what? Speaking about name changing too, because that's another question I get a lot. People feel like they need to change their name. It's It's just not for them anymore. What is one of your recommendations? Just like how you were saying, how you linked that together so well something you would recommend for someone who may be thinking about changing their name? Well, thanks for asking that question. A lot of people are afraid to change their name because they think, well, but everybody knows me by this name. So here's how you have to think of it. I'm going to just tell you my own story. I, I'm Alexandra. Alexandra is the name on my birth certificate. But for the first 39 years of my life, my parents, everybody called me Sandra, which is the short, a shorter version of Alexandra, just like there's so many derivatives of, you know, Lexi, Alexa, Alexis, um, Alex, and Sandra is one that just people don't know. So when I, I was 39, going on 40, I started dating this guy and I told him my real name was Alexandra and he said, oh, that's so pretty, can I call you that? And I said, yeah okay sure and when he would introduce me to people I I liked how it sounded and people remembered my name and it just felt much more sophisticated and it is so I changed it on my 40th birthday I did this big announcement okay I'm changing my name to my birth name and it was so hard for people to make that transition because nobody really understood that like it's part of the same name I'm not just being a diva and deciding like I'm gonna pick this beautiful name and change my name to you know Roxy and so it's been it's been over 15 years nobody calls me Sandra anymore and I live back in my hometown now of San Diego I've lived here for two years it's rare that anybody calls me that and I think of all the people I've met in the last 15 years and I think of myself as a personal brand and all the people I know by Alexandra you know me by Alexandra it's way more people than know me by Sandra right so think of your brand and longevity how long is your brand going to be around? And if your brand is going to be around longer than it's been around, that's a good indication to change your, it's okay to change your name. And we just changed the name of a bank in Kansas that was over a hundred years old and we changed Mm -hmm. our name. And now when you change your name, it's never been easier because you can make an email announcement. It's a great way to get back in touch with your customers. Tell them why you changed your name. There's a story, always a story behind it. Mm-hmm. Also, you can uh, just, you know, redirect your website. It, it, it's so easy now. It, it's never been easier. And, and we change company names all the time. We just changed the name of two companies that are, you know, have, you know, $26 million in funding each. And uh, they've been, both been in business a couple of years, and their names are difficult for people, or they've outgrown their names, or they, the names just don't feel like they fit them anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it's expensive for a company that big to change their name, but they're doing it. So I, I would say definitely go for it. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely do. A lot of people are f- afraid to make that change. But I feel like if it's needed, then just do it. There's a lot of blogs or even books on step-by-steps on what you could do. Like you were saying, writing email blasts. And then the more technical stuff, which um, like SEO, all those things there when it comes to your website. So that Google can redirect, like you were saying, to your new um, domain. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, I have another question for you because I do want to talk about your business, Eat My Words. But I also want to talk about, too, because the majority of the people listening to this podcast are women in business, right? And um, this is no secret. A lot of people in business who are entrepreneurs or even in corporate America or corporate wherever they are, especially as women, we kind of have to work double, right? Double um, when it comes to getting our business out there. Did you have to go through that as well when it came to Eat My Words? Or how was how was it growing your business? Well, I kind of grew, grew, grew my business organically. It first started out as I was, I and I, you know, like, I have a really interesting story. I didn't go to college. I, when I was in eighth grade, I knew I wanted to be in advertising. I just figured it out really young, and I, I convinced my parents to let me not go to college, and of course, they didn't like that, but I knew I was creative and I wanted to work and I didn't want to be in school any longer when I already figured out what my career path was. So I, you know, kind of through a series of creative, strategic creative things that I did, I was able to eventually land in advertising at, you know, Ogilvy and May, they're a big agency and work for some big agencies and make a six figure salary. And this is, gosh, this is, you know, when I was, you know, in my thirties and now, and so what happened is the dot-com boom happened and I quit my job to become a freelancer. And I was a copywriter writing a lot of websites back in the day. And then I discovered naming and I didn't know naming was a profession because in advertising, you don't ever name anything because by the time you're advertising something, it already has a name. So I realized naming happened in the branding process, which doesn't really, it's not part of advertising either because the brand is developed and then advertising is done and they're done by always by two different companies. So I started out as a copywriter. I morphed into naming and I just took a really big, bold stand and said, this is what I'm doing. And, and there was the naysayers, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can't do that. You can't just name things. And I'm like, watch me. And, you know, look at me now, right? I have a book. I have my Barbie dream house. So I did it. But what I, I think, yeah, I had to work harder, but I was raised by a feminist. So <laughs> I always knew that I would. I don't have children. So I wasn't, I didn't have that, that extra responsibility of taking care of you know, a family, which I don't know how women do it. I, I have such respect for women that raise kids. And, and, you know, I mean, I do, I work out of my pool house that I turned into this super, super cool, like MTV, MTV cribs, like, off. <laughs> it's really fun. It's just really fun and colorful. Yeah. Like I have a 1950s pink retro refrigerator that I use as oh. my bookcase. That is awesome. Yeah. It's really, it's really fun. So, and I do laundry during the day. I'm cleaning. I'm, you know, doing all that stuff, you know, maintaining the yard. And I know it's harder for women. Uh, but I would say just, you know, be strong and don't let don't let people tell you you can't do that. And just the kind of like the best feeling I ever had is I had an old boss, the one that I actually learned about naming from. And we would you know she was my boss but we were also became friends and we would have our for some reason we had a contentious relationship and after one of our you know many breakouts we got back together and we were like at the dog park and I hadn't seen her in a long time and I said oh I'm just naming things now and she's like what you know what (laughs) and I said yeah it's crazy like what people will pay for a name like we just got paid $55,000 to name something and Mm -hmm. she's like you can't charge $55,000 for a name. And I said, but I did. Wow. And that was like such a burn, right? I just, I'm sorry to be so catty, but like, no, I just, I just had to say that to her. Like, yeah, but I can, and you can too. Mm -hmm. Like you can do whatever you want. Look, I didn't go to college and here I am and I made it. And it's because I, I believed in myself and I'm lucky I had a mom that believed in me and my dad believed in me and, I, you know, anybody that was a naysayer, I just, you know, distanced myself from those people. Yes. And also, anytime a man, these men always want to tell me, like, 
you know, oh, you should do this service or you should offer, you know, you should do translation services. And like, yeah, no, I'm just going to do, I'm not going to build this into this big, gigantic company. Like I work for myself and I have people that work for me, but they're all contractors because I don't want to have to worry about, can I feed my employees? Mm -hmm. I want to just hire people when I need them. And no, you know, the men all want to, you know, they want these bazillion dollar companies. I don't want that. I just want to have a happy life and take, you know, take on the amount of work that I want to work on. I don't want to make it this big giant thing. I just, and I think that that's good advice. Just do what you want to do, you know, make some money doing it, but don't let other people tell you what to do. I, I always think it's really important to just do what you love. And if there's a way to avoid doing what you don't want to do or have other people help you, I have a trade with a bookkeeper where I named her company in exchange for three years of bookkeeping services. So, you know, do things like that. What can you do and trade for people? And I, 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 you know, like, I don't, when I say I have my Barbie dream house too, I don't want people to think like, I, you know, I'm going to have a nice home, but I painted the back of it pink. So, cause that's what I look out on over the floor. Yeah. The front of the house is not pink, but the back of the house is. And it's just fun, right? And it's like we built a surfboard fence and have a tiki bar and like a Brady Bunch era slide. And there's a giant pink flamingo floating around in my pool. Like that is fun. And like I have my my Barbie dream car is a Porsche, but you know, I bought it used. And, and, but you know, it's like, it's just the fun mobile and I live by the beach and like I've achieved my dreams, but I don't take pictures and post all that stuff and post pictures of the things that I make. Cause I think that's cool, but yeah, I think I'm too busy. I'm too busy <laughs> trying to be successful to do that. But yeah, I know there's a lot of pressure, but I think also, I think the reason the beauty industry is doing so well is because of Instagram and because mm-hmm. of selfies and so many people and also all the people now, like when I was growing up, there was no videos you could watch of how to apply makeup and now there is. So between the pressure to be beautiful and all these pictures and the how-to videos giving people the confidence to do it I think the beauty business has exploded which is so awesome yeah which because I know I do I get my my facials and all these things there too because if someone wants to put me so I I personally love it I've always been like a facial type of person although I don't do that I think it is important, but also just like you were saying, doing what you love. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast so that people don't more so focus on trying to see who's making the most money, but more so focus on doing what you love to do and then putting it into action the right way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And don't tell anybody, don't let anybody tell you what you should be doing. Yeah. Because, you know, we only do names and taglines that eat my words. We don't do anything else. And so many people, you should you should offer this. You should offer that. You should do design. And we do work with an amazing designer, a woman named Michelle from mm-hmm. Night and Day Design, Night and Day Branding. And she's the one that did Lemon House. And I highly recommend her. But other than that, and she's the first designer I've ever wanted to work with, like, exclusively. Yeah. But we, I don't do all that stuff because at the end of the day, I want to wake up and every day just do what I love. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Ah, I'm so glad you shared that. <laughs> and a one, a one other thing I would like to get your advice on for me personally, when you were saying, um, for example, you did a name for like 55,000, like, whoa, girl, that's good. So uh, how did you get to that point there to where, where you started and now you're saying, this is my price and I'm staying firm with it? Well, that, okay, so that was back in crazy time when people had a ton of money Mm -hmm. and what happened there was just bizarre like I went I'm I'm really well traveled I've been to 50 countries around the world including crazy ass places like Libya and Zimbabwe and I've been to Cuba a number of times and I'm just really adventurous that way and fearless and you know as soon as North Korea falls I'm like there (laughs) person there um (laughs) And I would have gone there five years ago if my publisher would have let me. But now that Crazy Man is in charge, I'm I'm not going there. Of yeah. course, no one's going anywhere now. But um, what happened is I was in China for a week, for a month, and 
while I was gone, all these people wanted to hire me, but I wasn't taking on any work. And when I got back, the demand was so high that I just threw out that price. And I had just done a project that was like 45. And I thought, because these people were desperate to hire me. And I'm like, and that's all these companies are getting funded. And that's when I said 55. And they're like, okay. And so now I have been really firm staying at, at our pricing with, but there's a trade off, right? Like, I'll tell you, like, when I first started out, like with Frito-Lay, when they wanted to hire me, oh my God, I would have practically done it for free because I wanted to say they were a client. And there's always that trade off and you have to be willing to, like when Amazon came to me, they came to me to hire me to do this uh, consulting service that I do. It's called Name It Now. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can hire me. It's not that expensive. You can hire me over the phone. I, I'm really, I mean, clearly I've been doing this a long time and really fast. And you can hire me uh, to, to brainstorm over the phone. You can watch me do it. I'll show you all my tricks way more than, than I show in my book. And I'll also come up with some names for you in advance. And Amazon booked that service and pay, they, everyone pays for it in advance and they paid and I was like, God, they're really taking advantage of me because it's not expensive, especially for Amazon. But then I was like, you know what? Now I can say Amazon is a client. Mm-hmm. And that was worth the trade off. So you always have to be willing to make those trade offs. But now, I mean, of course, with the economy changing, look, everything's going to change. And I know my business will suffer because people can name their own company, they don't have to pay for a name. But um, I have stood firm and said, there's a point where you realize you just feel you feel like you're being taken advantage of or like I really shouldn't have done this that cheap and I definitely have had those moments and I think we all have it's it's a little different in your industry because there's actually a cost of goods where in mine it's a service industry you know it's like I'm just coming out of my head of course I pay the people that work for me but there's not a lot of hard cost to it but I know the value of one of my names and I named I named I've named things that have been in business for over 15 years my names have been said you know hundreds of thousands of times I named a famous bacon cheeseburger I can't say the name of it because I did it while I was freelancing for another firm but uh that in the first five weeks that it was out, it was over 25 million people, 25 million of them were ordered mm-hmm. and I got paid a thousand dollars for that. Yeah. Or actually then I, I made them pay me more. And so I got $2,000. Do you know how much money the made off that, that oh, burger? So much like, money. Probably. Yeah. So that's, and I can't even say the name. I mean, I can say it like, I, I can't say it. I like, can't say it in the media, but I will say it like, if you, you know, I can't say it in my book, but yeah. you know, I'll talk to people. Talk to I people about it. Yeah. Yeah. I can talk. Yeah. I can put an email, but that's, that's what I mean. Like sometimes you have to, you'll know when you, you, you just will know what your value is. And I know my value and the value of my names. It's not how fast I come up with something because if people just paid me for my time, I wouldn't make any money. But I know, like with Treetop, I'm naming a product that will be a national brand that will, you know, will sell beyond, you know, around for a really long time. They're going to pay for that. Yeah. One thing I would like to ask you about, too, is domain names. And that's something that um, I'm also interested in as well. Compared to .com, .co, .love, .design, they have so many things. And maybe some things that I'm not mentioning now that you can give us tips on, too. I think .com is king. And I highly recommend .com over any of the other, other, you know, dot, you know, beer, whatever, like all those, like, you know, dot design, like you said, dot studio, that doesn't mean anything to anyone. There's still a lot of confusion over that, but do not worry if you cannot get an exact match domain name. So let's say, uh, your name was, um, well, like, like here's an example. Facebook was the Facebook. Tesla was Tesla Motors. Uh, Dropbox, get Dropbox. So a lot of big companies have had modifiers. You can also do something really fun. Like there's a, 
a smoke turkey company called Greenberg Smoke Turkey is, and their domain name is Gobble Gobble. <laughs> There's a peanut butter company called Peanut Butter and Co. And their domain name is ilovepeanutbutter.com. So you can have a domain name that's different than your company name. It helps with your branding. It makes like both of those made you laugh. So that's what I mean about making an emotional connection. Like peanut butter and co doesn't make an emotional connection. Greenberg smoked turkeys doesn't make an emotional connection. Gobble gobble. I love peanut butter. Those make emotional connections. So that's what I mean. And also like, you know, my company is eatmywords.com. It, I paid $1,200 for it, which, you know, 15 years ago was a total steal. And if I couldn't have gotten it, let's say I decided to start my company today, call it Eat My Words, and let's say eatmywords.com was the name of, uh, you know, a food critic or a bakery, I could get Eat My Words branding or Eat My Words naming or something like that. And when you add that modifier word, if it's, if it's, you know, if it's mascara or if it's brows or it's something like that, it will help with search engine optimization. So that's a good thing if you do add those those keywords into your into your name, your domain name. Nobody expects you to have an exact match domain name at all. And you can be really, really creative. And there's a whole chapter in my book on domain names where I give a lot of examples of modifier words that you can add. That is so true. And you're going to make me do some thinking today because my my a little behind the story about my business name, it was taken. Co was taken. And I was like, 2500 I was like, oh, no, I'm not paying that much. So I ended up just doing .co because I see a lot of business owners right now doing .co. How do you, how do you feel about .co? I, I'm not – it's not terrible, but – it's one extra step for people because it's so close to .com. Yeah. So that's why I think, look, there's a great tool. It's called namestudio.com. And if you go to namestudio and type in the name of your business, it will give you a lot of modifier words, prefixes and suffixes that are available. And it's kind of a search engine too. So you can keep clicking and drilling down to get more name idea, more domain name ideas. And I've also used it to get name ideas. I typed mm. in dog walker. I, 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 I talk about it a lot and I have an affiliation with the company VeriSign that owns name studio. And we both discovered each other at the same time because I found their product. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so <laughs> cool. It's not giving, it's not spouting out garbage. It's mm. actually spouting out real words. And it has a lot of intelligence built into it. And I was working with it one time with them, and I typed in dog walker, and I started drilling down, and I got puppy butler. Like, where did that? It's so cute. I never would have come up with that in a million years, and it's adorable. That is so funny. And I said it on stage at an event. I I had the puppy butler and all these cute ones. And I'm like, okay, people, don't buy these. Because I was, like, doing a live demo when I came up with it. Yeah. And I got home and like, they were all bought. Like somebody like, like in the audience went and bought all of them. But puppy belt is so cute, that right? And it's is... so much, it has so much more personality than like Susie's dog walking, right? That is true. That is so cute. That is such a cute name. I love that name. That's and then someone bought it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense too. That makes me even think about maybe doing something to change something about brand or doing something to where it's like branding you, but something. I'll figure that all out tonight. You're going to have me doing a lot of thinking tonight again, just like when I was thinking, reading your book. Yeah. Thank but, you. but I feel like you gave so much information to everyone listening to this podcast. Um, again, I really want you guys, if you haven't bought her book just yet, please buy her book. It's called Hello, My Name is Awesome. And um, just buy it. <laughs> I'm so blunt. I'm like, please just buy it. It's so good. But is there any other tips or any advice you would like to share with everyone? Well, I want to say when you do buy my book, make sure that you get the one because there's two editions of it make sure you get the second edition that has the the blue label the blue hello my name is label the one with the red label is the first edition and amazon when you when you type it in on amazon both editions come up Mm -hmm. so make sure that you get that second edition i don't know when this is 
yeah, there's no way this is going to air by the end of March. It's it's on sale right now for a dollar ninety nine for the ebook, but um, I'm going to try to get my publisher to to bring that offer back. But even even just buying it for the regular price, it's so it's so worth it. There are tons of tips. Um, yeah, I would just say my other tip is, uh, you know, don't bring, don't when you do come up with names, don't run them by everybody. Run them through the smile and scratch test. That's what's going to, because people, when you ask, what do you think of this name? What they hear is, what don't you like about this name? Mm-hmm. Um, they're not fonts of wisdom like they think they are. Go If you go to eatmywords.com, the smile and scratch test is on our site. It's an interactive test. It's really fun. You learn along the way while you're going through the test. And just that alone will save you a lot of pain and suffering because it will point out things in your name that you might not even think about. Love that. And if anyone wants to hire you or follow you, where can they do that? Um, You can follow me on LinkedIn is where I am all the time because that's where people do business for me. So, you know, Alexandra Watkins. Uh, my Twitter is at eat my words. I'm not on there a lot, even though it was just shameful because they're my client and on Instagram, which I'm just kind of tiptoeing around. Um, but because your audience is into beauty and I do beautiful work and I'm just starting to put my succulents on there, succulent eye candy. And you have to check out this baby shower gift that I made. It's adorable. It, it's uh, a woman. It was really into rock and roll. She is having a baby girl and you have to see what I made for the baby shower gift. It's really pretty and hip and cool and fun. I love it. Oh, also your website too. Yeah, it's eatmywords.com. Well, I appreciate you so much and I want to thank you so much for uh, replying back to my LinkedIn message and being on this podcast with me. Oh, it's my pleasure, Nicole. It's been so delightful talking to you and I wish all of your listeners the best through this tough time and be strong and, you know, be creative and be yourself. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sis Start Your Business. Stay in touch and communicate with other listeners by joining my Facebook group called Sis Start Your Business. If you are on social media, follow my podcast, Sis Start Your Business on Instagram at Sis Start Your Business. You can also follow me on Instagram by searching Mrs. Nicole Martinez. That's M-R-S dot N-I-C-O-L-E M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and other business owners.